many times, and I say many times, probably seven or eight times uh, since I've been preaching uh, before I become a pastor and even after a pastor, Brother Clarence, but uh, as I was searching and, and and trying to consider what the Lord would want to bring to us during during this special time, because church, we're in a special time, believe it or not. Uh, uh, like I said, you heard me say once already this morning, and I'll say it again, there is no better time in our lives uh, than the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, he went through a hard time. Uh, I, I know uh, the movie uh, Passion of Christ, the one that Mel Gibson uh, had recorded, it depicted what he went through uh, uh, to the cross. And if you've seen that movie, I, I could only just give you some vision of what it may have looked like. We don't know exactly. Uh, scripture tells us what did happen to him, but you know, as much as they hated Jesus, I could only imagine what they'd done to him. You know, the world hated him because he loved the world. I, I don't get that. I, I, don't, I don't understand and realize why 
the world is that way. I don't know if it's because it's afraid or, or, or what may or may not have been going on. Uh, but whatever reason it was, the world hated him. But we celebrate that time because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. We know that. We believe that. We realize that. And because of that, we can have this this morning. And what a blessing it is. We're going to be in the first chapter of 2 Corinthians. Uh, uh, and we're going to read probably the first seven verses, Brother Chris. Uh, and if you would, stand in reading a reference to God's Word. Uh, we're going to read through this. And we're going to see what the Lord wants us to look at here this morning, if it will. Uh, pray that the Holy Spirit will be part of this service this morning. Because without Him, it's just words, all it is. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, uh, Paul writes this. He says, Paul... An apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achadia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort who comforteth us in all of our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherein we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation which aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. For whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and your salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you be also of the consolation. Father, we thank you for these words and the reading of your scripture. I, I, I pray that we can take them and, and understand them just a little bit more and what they mean to us so we can apply them our hearts that somehow when we serve you this is always part of that in Jesus holy name I pray and amen you may be seated who is our comforter if you're a child of God most likely you know that answer if it was given to you on a test you'd probably get that one right brother Dean uh, unless it was a multiple choice and you might pick the wrong one Paul is writing to the church of Corinth for the main reason of it's personal to him. So understand, church, it, the, the, the church of Corinth and, and, and had, had got to a situation and to a, into a state of mind that uh, they, were, they were going in the wrong direction. Uh, they were accusing the Apostle Paul of, of, of false teachings and not having the credentials of, of being who he said he was. And, and, they, and they made claims that he, that he wasn't suffering all that he was suffering in the name of Christ. Uh, uh, they were... False teachers, if you would, inside the church uh, trying to knock down and do uh, what Paul had set him up to do. And he knew this because he had sent Timothy there. And Timothy had come back, uh, his beloved son, and, and had told him what was going on in the churches. And Paul was upset. He knew that he had to somehow try to make these people understand that what they were doing and what they were going through uh, was not in their best interest. And it definitely wasn't in the interest of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, Christ told Ananias about Paul, which was Saul of Tarsus at that time, that he would suffer many things in his name. 
But the things he suffered wouldn't, is exactly, if not the same thing, that Christ has suffered on his way to the cross. Uh, you got to understand, church, that was a hard journey for our Lord and Savior. Uh, the things that he went through and, and, and the way he had to hide and, and avoid things that were going on in his life. Uh, but most of all, he had a mission to do, just like Paul's up. Paul had a mission that, that Christ had put him on. And his mission was simply this, get to Rome and tell Rome about who I am. And let the people know that there is a better way. And let the people know that there is a heavenly Father. And let the people know that he was sent to this earth to die for the remission of our sins. And let the people know that if they would accept him as their Lord and Savior, they would have hope. And they'd have hope in going to heaven and seeing Christ one day. Because without that hope, we have no hope. So as Paul was addressing the church of Corinth, he was letting them know that and trying to make them understand who their comforter was and what they need to put their faith in or their stock in or whatever they believed in. They, there's only one God, and, and they need to understand that but through him, uh, the Trinity was uh, uh, invented. It was of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are serving in the Holy Spirit time. He's the comforter, if he would. What was it he told the disciples? I won't leave you comfortless. I'll send somebody if you'll just go out and do what I, I tell you to do. I will not leave you alone in this old wretched dying world where, where people have tried to persecute me and kill me and knock down all the things that I have done in my lifetime. I will not leave you in a sense where you will have no way of dealing with this. I shall and will be your comforter. So that's what he was trying to tell the church of Corinth uh, because, because the sufferings that Christ had went through, there are three things we need to look at here this morning. Three things. In verse number 3 it says, Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. The Lord is the God of all comforting, the Scripture tells us. He's the source of everything that we need. You got that? Everything. Not just a few things or what's going on wrong in your life or, or the good things that may be going th wrong in your life. He is the source of everything that we as his creation will ever need in our life. Amen. He's the Lord of all comforting. And if you can't understand that and you can't realize that, praise be to God this morning, you can't pray. Because if you don't know what you're praying to and don't know what you're praying for and don't realize that, that Christ is our comforter in our time of need, we have no hope. You've got to realize that. If you're a child of God, if you've been saved by the marvelous grace of God, yes, you're going through hard times in your life. There's things going on in your life that stinks, and it's hard to deal with. I know, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I know what you're going through. I continue to go through that. But at the end of the day, I know who our comforter is, and I know in our time of need, he will be there for us if we'll just ask him. Oh, we got to realize. So in the third verse, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. What else could we ask for here this morning? That he gives us an idea who to pray to, who to have hope in, who to, who to have some sort of desire that, that, that somehow when, when things get better, we'll know who to acknowledge as our Lord and Savior. Fourth verse. Who comfort us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them. Now listen to this church because this is a good one. 
that we may be able to comfort them which are in many trouble or any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Listen, the Lord comforts us in all of our tribulation and troubles and our conviction. He gives us the, the vision and the ability to comfort those who's in need. Now listen, uh, if, you, if you've been down that old road and, and you know what it's like to, have, to fall upon hard times and, and know that your job is just absolutely wearing you down or, or things are going wrong in your marriage or, or you and the Lord ain't as close as you need to be, you've been down that road. And God has got us in his position and every one of you in his position here this morning, when you need comforting, you know somebody to call on. Amen? And you may not think that, that God's enough. You may need to talk to somebody. Listen, he's given us the ability to comfort those that are suffering, that have lost loved ones, that has a need that this world cannot give them. Listen, we live in a lost and dying world. They ain't going to give you nothing but evil. Don't look for anything else. Listen, if you ain't looking toward heaven, you are going nowhere. He gives us that ability to comfort those that we love. To, to comfort a mother or father or a grandmother, or a grandfather, or a child, or a son, or, or, or grandchildren. He gives us that ability to comfort us. Because listen, every day of your life, it enroses. I wish it was, but it's not. And, and it can be just as simple as something this. You may just feel just a little bit away from God today. But, you know, there's somebody here that can comfort you in your time of need. The God in heaven can give you the assurance that if you'll turn your life over to him, he'll comfort you in your time of need. Well, Pastor, I know people that's been to church and been saved and, and they experience death and, and they go through divorce and they go through this and they go through that. Yes, they sure do. But he'll comfort us during those times. When we're dealing with cancer in our lives and our best friend is, no, is, is, is not got much longer on this earth because of what's, what this old wretched disease is causing, he gives us enough strength to be able to, to comfort those that's around us. Yeah. Ain't going to make it easy, but he gives us the ability to speak with them. And if nothing else, just stand there with them and say nothing. Because sometimes when we say nothing, Brother Ray, that's when we're at our loudest. When you're in the midst of a family that's lost a loved one, there's not a lot you can say. The one thing you don't say is, I know how you feel, because no, you don't know how they feel. And we make that mistake. It's because we love them. We do that. And we just want to let them know that we want to care for you in the best way we can, but sometimes just being quiet speaks volumes in somebody's life. We made prior requests here this morning. There was several mentioned prior requests. Some of them had two or three. Uh, the bottom line was simply this. They're looking for somebody to comfort them in their time of need. There is an ongoing prior request in this church as for our families. And we all fall in that category. And if you have a family here, it's a perfect family, I wish you would stand up because I want to see what one looks like. No takers. I didn't think so. We all pray for our families. 
Carolyn, I wish it could be a good world and a perfect world, but it's not. I wish that our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren could somehow find their way to Jesus and serve him. It'll make things a little easier for us. See, that's, that's why he's our comfort. That's why Paul is writing to the church. Listen, you are going through all this stuff in the church and you've allowed somebody to come in there and convince you of something different. Uh, let me reaffirm what I told you when I visited you the first time. This is the fourth letter that he wrote to the church of Corinth, uh, not the second one. Uh, there's been three before this one. Uh, but this is the one that's got personal to him. Uh, the church has turned its back on him uh, and what he has worked and suffered so much uh, to try to say, up knowing that through the blood that he had shed as long with this blood of Jesus Christ our Lord has set that church up to bring those to come to know Christ and those who didn't know him why is it there's people that try to knock that down there, it's going on today the church just looks a little bit different but let me tell you the evil is still the same it's, it looks exactly the way it did a thousand years ago and if this world, if God tires his coming in another thousand years, it's going to look the same. But it's going to be a lot worse. If you've got a TV, you've seen what I've seen that went on in, in, in the state of Kentucky, what the governor vetoed, allowing young children to be transgender. I told the Sunday school this morning, when I was a little boy, I played with a doll. I'll admit it. Didn't have nothing else to play with. <laughs> he was either that or go play in the dirt. But my dad had a remedy to getting that transgender thing out of your system. And after three or four whippings, you come to know that, uh, yeah, you are a young man, and there ain't no such thing as a transgender. Uh, you play with dolls if you want to, uh, but I'm going to get that out of you one of these days, uh, and you're going to grow up to be a man. That's what God created you to be was a man. And a woman, just like in our wedding vows today, he created man and woman. And they ain't no different today than it was when he created them. But somewhere we've lost sight of all of this. What has happened is, what do you call that, evil? Yeah, I would. I don't know what else you'd call it. Some people call it stupidity. But at the end of the day, it's evil. And if you don't announce your sins to Christ before you leave this world, I pray for you that you're up to your journey. Because I don't know where it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be standing beside our Heavenly Father. Paul is writing to the church, says, listen, I need you to get back to what we used to be. What happened to you? You used to be on fire. Things were going good. I left you and things were going good. I sent Timothy to, to investigate and sort of spy on you if you would. And he come back and give me this report. This letter is for you. What was it that the angel of the Lord told John uh, on the island of Patmos? I know your works. All seven of them, I know your works. In other words, he knows what you're doing. You can go hide if you want to. You can not come if you want to. You can go hide in the hole if you want to. But I see it. There's no hiding. It's evidence. People will say, you know a fruit by the, you know a tree by the fruit it bears. 
Man, that's about as smart as logical stuff I've ever heard in my life. I know the difference between an apple tree and an orange tree. If you're not bearing fruit, what do you look like to the world? Had a young lady stand at the altar today. Well, she was bearing fruit. A man come to her. And he poured his heart out to her because he had moved from this area, but he had to come back because of the trial of his daughter that was killed by a drunk driver. Cheryl was buying fruit. What was she doing? She was just standing there wearing a T-shirt. Praise God. Praise God. What if she'd had a shirt on that says, Michelob Light? Right. When that man would have seen that shirt on, on Cheryl, how do you think he would have felt knowing that his daughter is laying in the grave today or in the ground uh, waiting for that, her, 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 her body to be risen up in heaven? How do you think he would feel if he seen that shirt on Cheryl? I'll tell you what he would thought. I wish that would happen to you. And let's see how you can wear that shirt today. But what did she have on? A New Liberty Baptist shirt. That's happened to Kathy up at... Uh, that, that, the thing she goes to, silver sneakers. They, people talk to her all the time about her T-shirts that she wears. It's got singing groups and stuff. And they want them shirts. And why they want them shirts? Because they want to show a lost and dying world just who Christ is. And that's what it's at at the end of the day. Now, grant you, I work in a lot of them. And, and yeah, I get blasphemed sometimes for getting them so dirty you can't get them clean. And, and when you can't shout them out, there's something wrong. Amen? Wear that shirt. The world's going to see it. Fifth verse, it says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolations also aboundeth by Christ. In other words, his comfort is not for our own sakes. It ain't for, it's for us. It's for others. It's for everybody. His suffering's not for just a selected few, not those that, that go to church or have been saved by the marvelous Christ. He didn't die for just for this specific group. He died for everybody. That we'd have a way to heaven. And we'd have a way that one day uh, we can look back on this lost and dying world and try to understand why people keep rejecting Christ in their lives and why people do that and why they curse his name and how they taunt his blood and they try to thin it down to where it means nothing. Let me tell you something. He did that for everybody. Drug addicts, drunks. Whatever it is, that category you fall into, he did it for you as well as he did the good guy. The thing is, I don't know too many good guys. I know a lot of people tries. But he comforts us for everybody. He says, whether we be afflicted in our own consolation, in other words, our own sufferings, and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation or sufferings and salvation. Listen, there's one thing that suffering teaches every one of us, and I want you to get that. If you don't get nothing else out of this message, well, I want you to understand and, and realize this. Our sufferings will not save us. He'll just make you suffer. One thing he can do, he can lead you to Christ. 
I can't tell you the times I've been to the hospital and visited the hospital people uh, calling upon the name of Jesus because they know they're in their life days. So when you're laying on your back and you're looking up, there ain't but one thing you can do, and that's ask for God to forgive you. And a lot of people think they're not worthy to be forgiven. As long as you're drawing breath, you have a chance. If you'll call upon the name of Jesus, that'll get you to heaven without a doubt. And I'll allow you to stand in his midst one day. And what that looks like from there, well, we'll just have to wait and see. He says, our hope of you is steadfast, steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, now listen to this, as, as we're all part of the sufferings, that goes without saying, he's writing that right here, he says, so shall you also of the consolation of the Lord will be of the comfort. So if you're suffering here today, church, you're going to be part of his covenant. For why? Why do you think Paul wrote that to the church? Because God knows your pain. And Paul knew that. Paul knew that, listen, the God I serve knows the pain you're going through. And on top of that, he cares about the pain you're going through. You think this is something that you read in a, in a, in a once upon a time prairie book? This is the real deal. Listen, that, that's scripture. He cares about each and every one of us because we're created in his image. And people ask, well, why in the world, if he cares so much about us good old Christians that try to live a good Christian life and don't go up here and push down little old women and rob banks or kill people, if he cares so much about us, why didn't he come and took care of this mess before now? Because he wants to see every one of us come to know him as his Lord and Savior. Scripture tells you that. His desire is that we come to know him from the free pardon of sin. That's why he's not come back and, 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 and demolish this wretched world that we live in. Because listen, the world that we live in today looked the same a thousand years ago. Evil is evil. Satan is at the base of every bit of it. Who's Satan? The world. Satan's part of the world. And whatever the world can give you and, and, and give you a, an easy way out, Unfortunately, we sometimes take the easy way out, but it's not the right way out. And the world will tell you it's okay. If you believe in stuff that's not godly things, and it's okay to the world, you're okay. It ain't okay. What do you think God suffered for us? What do you think he did that? He suffered for us. He went through the pain and agony. We know how long it took him to get to the cross. How long do you think he felt like it took him? A long time. Knowing that load he carried started in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, that's when he come to realize. Clarence, that's when he come to realize that why he was sent here to this earth was for a purpose. And it, and it come to fact that it's time to go through the process of leaving this world. I looked this up and I wrote this down because I thought it, it felt so good. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou wilt me. Thy rod and thy staff does what? Comforts me. Isn't that good to know that that rod and staff comforts us in our time of need? 
But think about this. Christ says in the 16th chapter of the book of John, in the 7th verse, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Don't you hear this, church? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I not go away, the comfort will not come to you. You hear me, church? If Christ hadn't went away, he, we would have no comforter. None. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Isn't that good to know? The same promise that Christ said in the book of John is the very same comforter that comforts us here today. Let's stand, shall we? Do you need to come pray this morning? Is there anything on your heart that, that you're going through? Sufferings, if you would. Because listen, we all know that there's hard times falls on our lives and that you just got to dump that load off of you. And, and, and you know that, listen, I've got to tell somebody about this. Last night when, when we went to the altar and prayed for Brother BJ, uh, uh, it wasn't for so much for him, but it was for all of us. Knowing that Christ suffered that for us and we would go through the same thing if it was somebody else. See, you remember in the third verse or the fourth verse, he said that he gives us the ability to comfort those around us. If you have a need, I'd love to pray with you. And everybody else that's, that's here this morning, Brother Tony, Dean, Gene, Clarence, anybody, Chris, they'd love to come pray with you if you have that need. Don't hold it inside. That gets you nowhere but just more burden. Get it off your chest. What's the song say? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Our only communication with God in heaven is through prayer and talking to him. That's all it is. Talk to him. He loves to hear from us. Yes, he knows your heart. But sometimes, you know, Brother Scott, he likes to be acknowledged for what he did for us. Do you need to come pray? Are you here this morning lost and undone? Do you need Christ into your life? Do you want to validate your ticket to heaven? Do you, do you want to make that commitment to knowing that I don't want to go to hell? I, I, I don't want that to be my destination in my life. I, I cannot stand the thought of knowing that I'm going to hell. So would you please throw that conviction on me and allow me to come to know you and repent my sins. To go through the process of acknowledging our Lord and Savior. Do you need to come pray? Remember, remember who went to the cross and died for us. And if you do that, that's going to make you aware of everything else that's going on in your life. Talk to somebody if you have a need. They'd be more than happy to pray with you. That's why we're here. We're comfortable. Thank you, Lord.